We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Thank you for kicking off your weekend with us. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, we've got a few things to dive into today. We're going to review the Milwaukee Bucks offseason. We do have a news item to discuss as well. But you know what? I'm not a big documentary person in general. I don't tend to like go searching for documentaries, but there was one last night on on Netflix that was about uh, Woodstock 99. Have you checked that out? I haven't seen that. It's it's worth the look. It brought back a lot. This is our era. So it brought back <laughs> a lot of memories. And it's really, really scary seeing some of the stuff that went down. I'm through two of the uh, the three episodes so far. Crazy times uh, brought me back music wise for sure. But oh, Definitely. my goodness, what a what a mess. And the whole thing as as I'm watching this thing, I'm watching this just disaster play out and all the planning that did not go correctly. All, all I kept thinking was. They needed Keith to, to plan this thing out, just like he planned out the, the Disney bubble. Then everything would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. But <laughs> so you want to hear my funny Woodstock 99 story? Oh, Where I didn't know you had were, one. <laughs> yeah, I was not there by any means. We were, I think it was 99. I'm 99% sure it was 99. Um, we were playing basketball in the, the driveway of my parents' house. And the ball rolled down the driveway and across the street. It wasn't like a very long driveway or anything. And it went like, like, you know, how the like a ball will like roll, like into like the fender of a car. Uh-huh. It rolled into the fender of the car and the guy across the street pulled it out and he threw it back over and he goes, he goes, Hey, he goes, that's got Woodstock mud on it. Cause they had just come back from Woodstock. Oh, So there's my, uh, there's my Woodstock story. My wife is not looking at me like, what in the world has this got to do with NBA basketball? It's she a- can only hear my side of this conversation. It's basketball related. It was a basketball yeah. that got, that yeah. got stuck. Exactly. And- we the, tie the, the thing that blows me the way the most about that is that you remember that. Yeah. Like that, yeah. That, I don't that hey, stuck. <laughs> it's funny. I don't think I've thought of that in probably 20 years since, since it, you know, almost since it happened, but yeah, I remember them throwing it back and they got me like, let's go Woodstock mud on it. Cause they had gone. They were, uh, it was, a, let's just say the folks that lived across the street at, at that time were a very interesting crowd of people. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, a fun neighborhood, especially if they went and checked out Woodstock. I thought again, it was a little bit, yeah, it was a, it was a nice place to grow up. It's worth checking out that that documentary because it's uh, whew, 
boy, that was a, a disaster. I do remember um, that. <laughs> that was a mess. That's why there hasn't been another one since then. They did it in 94, did it in 99. Of course, the one uh, the original. It might have been the 94 one then. Now that I think about it, that was probably uh, likely one that happened. But, yeah, it's it's definitely, yeah. But, yeah, yeah I do remember those not being. Uh, well, my, my dad almost went to the original. And oh. then him and my uncle got working on my dad's car, I believe it was, that they were going to drive out, got doing something, right? Because that's back when, you know, men actually worked on cars, right? I'm like, like I drive the car to the shop. To yeah, get fixed. I do too. Um, they were working on it. And then they had, they put the radio on and they're like, oh yeah, that was this weekend. Like they literally like had oh. forgotten like that. It was that weekend for the original Woodstock. And that ends up being this historic event, uh -huh. that, you know, yeah. that was the, the sign of the, of the times. And, you know, it's the, it's the event that people think of when they think of the sixties, the but yeah, uh, definitely. oops. Yep. Oh, well, so be all it. right. We should we should probably talk <laughs> now basketball. that everyone right? has shut this off. And yeah, <laughs> like why are you guys talking about Woodstock? <laughs> yeah. um, we should probably talk basketball here. So this is there's not a lot going on news wise right now. We are still in very much the standoff mode in terms of the trades and, and all that kind of stuff. Kevin yeah, Durant to fire the Kevin Cannon. Yeah, there's there's no Kevin Cannon to fire. Although he did tweet just a little bit ago saying that you know kind of alluding to the fact that. Uh, the the gold medal team that where he won a gold medal with uh, with Kobe and Russell Westbrook and LeBron and and all these guys on it was uh, that was he alluded to that being potentially the greatest team of all time or something. But again, and he that's deleted not that. it. He deleted it already. Yeah, which he oh my, I didn't know he deleted tweets. But yeah, he he deleted it because my guess is he started getting some pushback. So which yeah, so the team that's behind me is still the greatest team. The the ninety two dreams. Yes. Yep. Nothing will top that team. So okay. that that team was an event, but uh, but we do have so, and obviously this is gonna this hit, hits home for you. Uh, Bill Russell's number is retired around across the NBA. So this is I mean, nobody's gonna wear number six again, with the exception of the players who are already wearing it. They're not gonna issue number six to anybody else. So people, their initial response was, <gasps> "What does that mean for LeBron?" He could still wear number six, but just they're not going to issue it new to anyone else from, from here on out. Was this the right move here for the NBA? And so this is a very interesting topic. I, I think, yes, but I don't think this is something where you jump to doing this again anytime okay. soon. I think you have to have had a significant contribution in your sport as well as outside of your sport to the greater good for society, which Bill Russell clearly covered. Um, the only other basketball player who comes to mind for me that maybe you could consider doing this for down the line would be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Um, because I think he's had a somewhat similar impact to Bill Russell, albeit came a decade or so uh, later that he kind of started his, his rise towards that. Um, but it's it's tough because there have been certainly athletes who have done amazing things um, in in the world in general, but they weren't the the one of the best players of all time. And clearly, there's a ton of guys who have been some of the greatest athletes of all time, but they are not necessarily known for the things they did outside of their sports. So I think that is where I don't think we're going to, because I saw some people say, well, now they're going to be this rush to start doing this around the sports leagues. It's Bill Russell and Jackie Robinson, as far as I know. And I don't know enough about hockey. So I apologize if I'm missing somebody. I'm 
fairly certain there's no one in the NFL. NFL doesn't really do retired numbers all that often anyway, just because of their roster sizes. But I do think Bill Russell and Jackie Robinson, it, it sounds weird almost to say that they earned that honor, but, but they did because of everything that they, they did. And the only reason I say that's weird is because it's like, it's, they shouldn't have had to, I guess, is the best way I can, can put that. Like, it's not something that you should have had to have earned, you know, the right to, to be honored in this, this way. Um, but they did. So I, I think this is probably a one-off. I don't think all of a sudden, cause I've seen some people say, well, now don't you have to retire number 23 for Michael Jordan league wide. And, and I don't think we're going to necessarily see that. I think that that'll remain, you know, that's something that, you know, his teams did. So I'm just a very quick cursory search. Looks like uh, the NHL has Wayne Gretzky, 99 retired okay. league wide. But in, I, I know enough about hockey to know Wayne Gretzky's records are so ridiculous that they almost look fake. Yeah. Um, compared to everybody else, I, and I know he's done a lot for you know folks outside of hockey. I but I, I that's as, to the extent I can comment on that because I don't know enough about you know, that situation. But yeah, I, I just don't think this is going to be something where all of a sudden it's going to be, well, you know, more, we should probably do 23 for Michael Jordan. What about 32 right. for Magic Johnson and, and those kind of things? Cause I just, I, I just don't think we're going to get that for all that they're great, you know, players and they both have done considerable things. It's, it's just a different situation with Bill Russell. And it may have to be a posthumous thing for them to, them to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, it, that, that may be the case, but and I think the downside to this, and this is you know, minor when we look long-term, but the downside was the immediate reaction from so many was, but what about player sure. X, right? And that, that's what we heard. And that's not really the point of yeah. all this. Kind of, I know mm -hmm. that that tends to be our reaction. Well, if one person gets something, then the other person should too, because we've got this concept of, well, this needs to be fair or whatever. And that's a prevalent mm -hmm. Thought, you know, across, I mean, look, give a treat to one of your dogs and watch what the other one does. Sure. Like even, yeah. even animals have this, this concept of what's, <laughs> yeah. what's fair and what's not. So people think, oh, Bill Russell gets this, this honor. So shouldn't these other, shouldn't it, shouldn't it be player X, Y, and Z also get this? And I don't think that's really appropriate in, in the moment to analyze. I think in the moment, it's just about this is a great player, great person, mm -hmm. meant a lot to the NBA, and this is a way to honor him. And that's just where our focus should be. And I think just like Major League Baseball did is players who are currently wearing number six, let them continue to wear it, right? Because some of them, we've heard some of them speak like I picked that number because of Bill Russell. Um, you know, we, we've heard that in the past. So let them continue to wear it until they're done uh, or they change teams or whatever it is. And then you 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 move on to, you know, they, they move on to a new number and then that number uh, doesn't get issued. The one thing is I hope there is, however it is displayed in the various arenas around the league, that it is very clear what it's for, because otherwise it might look a little odd, right? To be like, like what, like, why is there number six? You know, who, who was that? And I, and I say this as the guy, the Celtics have retired you know, an insane amount of numbers because it was basically back in the day, oh, you won a championship, your number gets retired. Right. Um, so that's where, like, I want to see how it is. I know this coming season, there's going to be a jersey patch, I believe they said. And there's also going to be each court will have like a um, decal on it somewhere, um, which led to a couple people noting 
it's probably going to make Bill Russell, Red Auerbach, and some of the other Celtics smile that the Lakers may have a shamrock on their court somewhere because <laughs> there's talk of it being like a six with a shamrock behind it, um, which would be you know just kind of funny. And, you know, they, they would probably get a kick out of that. There, um, were, that, yeah. there were a lot of Lakers fans who took exception to that. And, and I understand why. But some things are bigger than yeah. That that's that's what it is, right? Yep. I mean, I know that the Celtics honored Kobe and everything. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's some things that that go beyond yeah that, yeah, that rivalry. Yeah. Even as that is, even as you know, that is an important rivalry and, and everything. Yeah. And of course, so there's always gonna there's going to be that reaction. But again, some things are, are simply like you said are yeah. simply bigger than that. And I like that you said you need to make sure that you understand what it's for. Mm-hmm. Um, that it needs to be very clear. Like for example, so Cel- like Celtics fans knew why we had the why you guys had the the 24 on the black band mm-hmm. right but i had yeah. so many lakers fans and non-lakers fans say why are why are the why do the celtics have a kobe patch on this year yeah you know that was that was a thing and i thought they needed they need again i'm sure in the boston market it was fine but that they needed to do more to, to explain what that was actually for yeah absolutely yeah and it's 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 one of those things where yeah certain things like you you said it goes way beyond the rivalries stuff, but yes. Yeah. Just make it clear. Cause otherwise it's just a number, another number hanging on a piece of fabric in your arena somewhere. Then you don't really know why, right. It becomes like, well, what, what does that mean uh, up there? So yeah, I think that is, um, you know, it needs to be very clear, you know, for what it is for the reasons of it. I think teams could in general do better on honoring those kind of things, it, you know, especially, you know, and I say this about Boston because you have so many retired numbers. Like sometimes I don't think people know the stories behind those numbers and why yeah. they're retired. Good point. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I guess first and foremost here, like if you are a Bucks fan, you're most likely looking at last season as you were potentially a Chris Middleton injury away from a back-to-back title. And mm-hmm. I think that's an important jumping off point. Now, obviously we could say, well, the Celtics were certainly deserving to get to the finals and all that. And maybe they would have gotten there anyway. We don't know exactly sure. how it would have, would have played out. But um, if you're the Bucks, the key is keeping that consistency. And I think the Bucks this offseason did that while adding just a little bit. Maybe you could argue you'd like to see them do a little bit more, but – I do like what they did this offseason. So let me pull up the, the salary sheet, and then we can kind of break down exactly what happened here for, for Milwaukee. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
while you're pulling that up, but what what I will say is it was um yeah, as the the, the resident Celtics guy on the show, yeah, I have no problem with any Bucks fan, any general NBA fan, heck, even if Celtics fans believe it, to say if Chris Middleton was healthy, they beat the Celtics in that series because it went seven games. Game seven turned into a blowout, but that happens sometimes. A game gets away from you, and then it just snowballs. Uh, but it was a very close, hard-fought series, and there's a chance it doesn't even get that far if Chris Middleton plays. Now, it's not just as easy as saying, well, Chris Middleton's a 20-point-per-game guy, so throw 20 points on top of every buck score because that's not how it works, right? Some some guys stepped up and had big games uh, throughout that series. But, yeah, it's it's yeah, I don't think that's – unreasonable or far-fetched by any means to say you know well you know if chris middleton was there that they win i don't i I, like you said we don't know that it happens maybe it doesn't still happen that way but it certainly is far more likely than not having him so yeah and i think it's not even so much about like oh would this team have beat the celtics or not it's just important to provide context for their off season so Mm -hmm. that we understand that this isn't they may have bowed out in the second round but you're not looking at this team say, well, they're really just a second-round team. They're probably yeah. better than that. They didn't go into the offseason saying, we got to do something. They went into the offseason saying, we're really good. Let's not do anything that's going to mess this up. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, their main focus was, let's get our guys back. So Bobby Portis got the big four-year contract. We kind of knew this was coming, right? Yeah. We've, 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 we've seen – and he did the short-term deal when he was kind of an undervalued free agent. Uh, first time he went there. Then he re-signed on another deal. And now they have his early bird rights. So now they get him on the, the full four-year deal. Got a, did get a player option on that final year season. So that is something, you know, maybe he bops out of that when he's uh, 30 or so and gets back on the market. It also, though, smart, not the end of the world. It aligns him with Giannis. So if Giannis is opting out and maybe you're hitting a point where, all right, we need to start rebuilding this thing around Giannis. If Porter stops out, just get that flexibility. Uh, re-signed George Hill. Uh, I'm sorry, not George, uh, Javon Carter, rather. Yeah. Uh, got him re-signed and brought him back on a deal that's basically just above the minimum um, for, for this next year. Serge Ibaka was re-signed. Wesley Matthews re-signed. I think those two guys probably are going to slide two emergency depth kind of roles. I think Matthews played a lot because Middleton was out. They had some other injuries, some in their lineup, but I think those they'll, they'll play at points, Uh, probably more Matthews than or uh, Abaka. I'm looking one line up on the salary page on the screen. Um, Abaka is really, I think that is like, that's break glass in case of emergency uh, kind of resigning. And then the other big one was Pat Connaughton got the uh, extension. So he's got one more year left. Then he got a three-year extension, about $28 million or so um, for, for him, which I think is perfectly fair for what he brings them as their, in most lineups, their sixth man um, or, you know, uh, occasional starter when he comes in. Rare guy who stays exactly the same efficiency, whether he starts or comes off the bench. A lot yeah. of guys, they, they their role changes uh, pretty big um, based off that, especially efficiency-wise. Pat Connaughton's basically the same guy, no matter what you ask him to do. And under mid-level signing for him for the next few years, even though, yeah, he's a little older, I, I think that's perfectly fine. No issues there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a luxury to have, to have that kind of flexibility, especially come playoff mm-hmm. time. You want to have sure. guys who can perform regardless of whether they're in the starting lineup or not because the playoffs are all about matchups and they're all about adjustments. And so I'm not saying that moving Pat Conner to the bench or starting him or whatever is the correct decision. It's just 
to have that flexibility to do so mm-hmm. is it can be an important thing for a team yeah. like the Milwaukee Bucks that are, of course, going to be looking to play late into the playoffs and potentially win the whole thing here. Uh, the Bobby Portis signing I thought was fantastic. I thought he was so critical for them to lose Brooke Lopez and then just not skip a beat, just keep on yeah. rolling because he's got that three-point shooting ability because he is so ferocious uh, in the paint. I, I love love them uh, bringing him back, especially in the prime of his career. You, you're not going to argue with the the dollar value there considering what he's he's meant to the team. What do you think about the new guy coming in, though? The, yeah. the, the rookie for the team, definitely <laughs> not a rookie, though. Joe Ingles. Uh, is this Chris Middleton insurance, do you think? Looks uh, taxpayer mid-level here. What do you think about Joe Ingles joining joining the Bucks? I'll be honest, I don't really know what to make of this one. Um, if this was three years ago, I'd be like, man, this is a, what an yeah. incredible steal uh, for Milwaukee. But he's 35, he's coming off a, a torn ACL. We may not even see him until holidays ish, probably is my guess. Um, for for when he'll actually probably debut with this team, if he can back to being the guy he was a couple seasons ago where a dependable if reluctant shooter uh, but good ball mover fairly solid defender sure it's it's you know another good wing defender uh, for them and one with a little bit more size than a couple of their other guys he's right he's a little bit bigger than Connaughton Grayson Allen uh even Wesley Matthews he's you know, Wesley Matthews is he's he's strong, so he defends uh bigger guys pretty regularly. But yeah, I it I don't know what else you could have done with that taxpayer mid-level. I don't know who else was gonna jump at uh what seemed like they were probably only wanted to do a one year deal at the taxpayer mid-level for anybody. So I don't know who else would have jumped at that, but I don't know, it just I, I'm not sure. I, I'm willing to eat crow on this later, and maybe it works out amazing for them. I just I'm kind of left a little cold, I guess, that, that maybe you could have done better with that uh, salary slot. I think you're right in that if he wasn't coming off the injury, we'd be really high on this. I mean, I, I like Joe Ingles. I like his mm-hmm. game a lot. Um, I think that you can make an argument that not much of his game is based on athleticism. So even sure. if it does take away from you know how, how quick he is a little bit, I think he's still going to be just fine. I think he can be a plug-and-play guy that can fit in just about any, any system. But, for example... And I want to ask, why would they be limited to only one year? Why do you think they would they would do that? But could that have prohibited them from getting like a Bruce Brown, Otto Porter Jr.? Like, would you feel better if they went and tried to grab one of those guys? Yeah, I think like Otto Porter Jr. I would have loved yeah. for this team. I think he would have been sensational for them. Uh, I think it's just for them, it's they're trying to avoid locking into money longer term for unless it's like this guy's coming on a good value contract or we're really like like Giannis right it's a max deal but he's Giannis so of course we'll lock in there um because they're facing some stuff this coming year right Middleton's got a player option my guess is that at age 31 um he'll opt out of that after this season he'll opt out of that and then that's gonna be it right that'll be his last big contract most likely that he'll sign then you've got brooke lopez as a free agent 
Uh, now Ingles will be a free agent at the end of the year. You've got George Hill um, will be a free agent. So you've got some roster decisions and some rotation guys to figure some stuff out with. So my guess is it was let's try to keep this a little short for right now so that way we can, if we've got to do some resetting of our rotation around Giannis, around Drew Holiday, um, and now obviously with the re-signed Portis and uh, uh, Connaughton, let's do that resetting and then we're, we're a little bit cleaner as we move forward, other than having somebody at, you know, six, seven, eight million over the next three years, let's, let's try to re reset this versus doing the, the, you know, two or three year uh, taxpayer MLE. One other thing on Ingles, yeah. just looking at their roster, right? Does maybe, maybe this doesn't quite jump out to you, but you see a lot of small forward shooting guard, small forward shooting guard, right? Yeah. All the way up and down the roster. I think when Ingles comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays four. more as like a backup four yeah. for them with Portis logging a lot of minutes as a backup five. We know the Bucs have, and this is not a criticism by any means, they're going to prioritize keeping guys healthy and ready for that stretch run mm -hmm. of the season. So Giannis is probably only going to play 70-ish games. He's also coming off a summer where he's going to play for Greece uh, all summer in Eurobasket. So my guess is, we're going to see Giannis's minutes down-ish, um, but probably more more, more so um, games sat, like full rest days versus just his minutes being down. I think we will also see Brooke Lopez. I mean, he's now in his mid-30s. You're yeah. going to start to, all right, you know, back-to-backs. I don't know that we see Brooke Lopez, and if we do, it might be 10 minutes. And they don't really have, yes, Bobby Portis is, nominally a power forward but he's primarily this team's just call him their backup big right because he's a backup for lopez and Giannis. i think ingles will slide up and play there where that should allow his potential lack of foot speed which as you said never the quickest guy to begin with um that should be lessened and, and he should be fine to play you know against most backup lineups as a backup four and and they thrive you know attacking the paint kicking out hitting the corner three finding the corners in transition Joe Ingles can do that either as the shooter or the passer in, in that mm -hmm. environment. So I, I like his fit there. But I also, when I'm looking at this at their salary sheet, and I'm looking at the ages of some of these players. You can't count on Serge Ibaka being anything after this year. No. I don't know if you can count on him being anything this year, right? Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of a break glass in case of emergency player. Mm -hmm. Brooke Lopez, expiring contract. I do wonder if they are looking at this as, okay, next summer, we need, we're going to need to go and find another three-point shooting big because yep. – that's a big part of their offensive system is spreading the floor for Giannis by having a big out there. He can shoot the three, whether it's somebody to come in as and be a backup to Bobby Porter's, or if it's somebody to come in and take on more of the lion's share of the minutes, I think their taxpayer MLE is probably going to be used next season to try to find that next big. Now, who knows? Maybe Brooke Lopez at 34 looks spry and he's great. Yeah. And, okay, and you just roll forward with him. It, I'm, I'm not saying he's done and it's not him. It could just wind up being him but they have to at least consider the possibility that they're going to have to replace him next summer. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you're looking to do with Brooke Lopez at this point is a little bit of the kind of ships passing in the night, right? Maybe Lopez is back, but as he's coming down, another guy is coming up past him and that's where you go um, with this situation. So I think that's you know where this may go. Um, there are other positions that are pretty well covered, right? You got Grayson Allen. I know he's not everybody's favorite player, but he's still a productive player. He fits really well with this group because of his shooting ability. And I really like the point you made. They're built around. You got to be able to move the ball. They have good or plus 
passers at just about every position. They've got a bunch of guys who can really get that ball popping and moving around. And and when you throw Middleton back in that mix, who is one of the better all-around offensive players in the league because he can shoot, he can pass, he can drive, he can even work out of the post if you need him to. They're, they're just they're, they're going to be a very, very good team. They may finish third, fourth in the East, but I think that's more a point of they've hit the point of their journey as a team where they they're not going to push for every regular season win. They did that a few years ago, right? Remember when they won in the high 60s and then they get bounced in the playoffs? They're now where, you know what, we don't need to push to win random games on Tuesday in February. It's about being healthy, ready to go in the regular season. So they'll still, my guess is, finish in the top half of the Eastern Conference. I just don't think they're going to be like, we have to win 65 games and push for the one seed because I don't think they're really all that worried about it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, they they know the drill. They are this seasoned veteran team now that knows mm-hmm. exactly how to manage themselves throughout the course of the season. So that come playoff time, they are at their best, especially because that that was their downfall. That's what prevented them from getting where they wanted to go this yeah, past absolutely. season was an injury in the playoffs. And I'm not saying they pushed too hard in the regular season, but just they understand how important it is to be healthy coming into the playoffs. And so I yep. agree. I don't I don't think they're going to be too overly concerned about whether they're a three seed or a four seed or whatever. They're going to have the mindset of let's just hit the hit the playoffs healthy, make sure that we our level of connectivity is at its highest right around that time of year. And we feel pretty good about our chances. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I quote last kind of question because we haven't covered him. Uh, Marjan Bochamp. Well, what do you think of him? Um, their their first round pick. Where where are you at with that? I mean, I think it's an ideal situation in that, like you said, they've got already plenty of guys who can play the position so he can be brought along slowly. I think it's important for teams like the Bucks to be able to bring in young players like like him to sort of bolster things and keep things rolling forward you've got to find guys that you can hit on and maybe you know in the middle of january when the guys are kind of tired you can put in a young player and then let him go and and let him bring some of that energy you know i just i look at this bucks roster though and i'm seeing grayson allen's gonna get gonna get minutes there because drew holiday can play either guard position uh you've got enough guys who can play those spots even even wesley matthews can get in there you've got the veterans who can play that role so I don't know how much we're going to see of him this year. Obviously, if he if he shows up to training camp and he's great, then of course they'll they'll put him out there. But I don't think there's a lot of pressure to to get him out on the floor right now. But instead, just use him to be kind of that that energy guy when need be, and then off you go. Yeah, and as as you guys can see on the screen there, I think people have this assumption because he came out of the G League Ignite program that he's like 19 he is 22 so he's yeah. not he's not super duper young um but to your point yeah i think that's the idea is hey we're gonna let him develop uh, my guess is he probably logs a lot of time with the wisconsin herd in the g league yeah. um probably those will be high usage minutes right where it'll be he'll have the ball a lot uh, to function as a playmaker i will say he shot it really well in summer league 
and the shot looked better than I remembered it looking from the times I saw him play uh, with the Ignite uh, last year on those, you know, kind of that exhibitionist schedule that they play. So that part, I'm a little curious to see how that kind of comes together with, with, with him. If the shot can be real, he's got really good size for, you know, a guard and, you know, somebody probably eventually play the three um, because of his size. I was hoping to see him really locking because one of the things that he was billed as is somebody who might be ready to defend at the NBA level right away that I didn't necessarily see in summer league, but it's summer league. I'm not going to read too much into that. That's what I'll be looking for is, you know, can he really lock in, be a defender and can he make shots? Cause if he can make shots, I feel a lot better about that pick, but I mean, this is a pick in the 20, so I'm not going to yeah. you know, rip them if he doesn't pan out anyway. I'm just curious to see how, how he comes together as a, as a player over the next couple of years. There's somebody to keep an eye on that. I'm sure is going to get preseason minutes, but like if you're locked in a battle, even during the regular season, let's say they're going up against the Celtics. I have a hard time imagining oh, Pat yeah. Connaughton and Grayson Allen. You're you're gonna lose minutes because tonight we're playing Marjan. Like I, yeah. I did, I'm not expecting. I'm not when I'm looking at this team and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what their season's gonna play out like. I'm not factoring in him very very much. Yeah. But and I think that's just that would be true of most rookies in, in given this the quality of this team. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I'm not. I have no expectations that he plays meaningful yeah. minutes for the box. And if he is, it, pro, it it either means things went great and he's amazing, and they can't keep him off the court, or less far less likely, <laughs> or you know things really went off the rails at his position and they need him to play a lot. That's he's the guy who will be playing on that Tuesday in February, right? When exactly. it's, you know, we're going to sit some guys like, you know, let, let's give him some run, but I think most of his development this year comes through practices, stuff we don't see. And then uh, with the herd in the G league, but I mean, not the most exciting off season for the bucks. Totally get it, but they didn't need to have a exciting off season. They're really, really good They're, You know, I would put, I put them right in that top tier in the East, put them right in the top tier for title contention because I think they're that good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the top teams in the East, if they can, if they can stay healthy and they've got to feel like they, you know, they like their chances if they're healthy heading into the playoffs to bring home another NBA championship. So I like what the Bucks did. They, they'd stayed out of their own way, which believe me is not always (laughs) a thing that happens in the NBA. This is true. (laughs) All right. I think that about wraps it up for today. Uh, We're going to head off to the weekend. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. If you did, please make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. Go check check out our Clips channel. Put a link in the description below. We're here on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, which you should also subscribe to. We're getting closer to 20,000 subscribers. Let's go. Make sure you click that subscribe button and don't forget to turn on notifications as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.